All right, should we get started? All right. Hey, guys. All right, so I want to get two threads going on para in parallel. Uh, remember, you guys were all here when I talked earlier today, right? So we're going to talk about the landing page, all right? And we're going to help you set up, or if you have one, we're going to help you improve your landing page. But first, I want to divide you into two working groups. Some of them Shopify, some of them ClickFunnels. Is that fair enough? So, and the best way to think about it, how many of you guys have all, already know whether they should go on Shopify or ClickFunnels? Okay, some of you guys know. So for those of you who don't know, if you are selling one or maybe two, three products, the best place to, to set it up is ClickFunnels. If you're selling, if you have an e-commerce shop with multiple products, the best way to sell it might be uh, Shopify. Okay. So based on that, please self-divide. <laughs> I want Shopify people on this side and ClickFunnels people on that side. Huh? All right. If you're selling one, let's say under four products. Is that a good way to put it? Under four products. Under four products, ClickFunnels. If you're selling more than four pro if you have more than four products, go to Shopify. That's Shopify. What else? Who else is not sure? Okay. Uh, click funnels. Yeah. Yeah. Click funnels. Who else? Info products, click funnels. But what, what fitness? Click funnels for sure. Yeah. Books on Amazon, uh, click funnels. I want to say, yeah, but ebooks. One one book or one. Okay, book funnels are uh, click funnels are the best. So based on that, did I say click funnels this side or that side? Click funnels this side, Shopify that side. Self divide. You can switch alliances later. <laughs> okay, so we divide the line. Let's say right here. Your Shopify, all right. Okay, this is the line. All right, all the Shopify people sit on this side, click funnels on that side. All right. What is the guest password for Wi Fi? Guest 321, all small letters. Right? Guest 321, all small letters. Bring your laptops. Okay. Now, once you're done moving, I leak. I it's fine. Go Shopify. Shopify is easy. Shop and if they're newbie, Shopify is easier or ClickFunnels. Shopify. All right. All right. Cool. All right, so now you've, de you've decided your alliance. This is what I'm going to do. So this is Samir right here. He's a Shopify and ClickFunnels ninja. To put it in perspective, I've been building funnels for years, and it took him two, three iterations, but he finally beat my ClickFunnels. <laughs> so, yeah, so he's better than me, okay? Um, so this is what we are going to do. Uh, if you have a specific product in mind, you can start 
so basically, Shopify people, go to Shopify.com. If you don't have an account, start creating an account. It takes five minutes. If you're ClickFunnels, go to ClickFunnels.com and start creating an account. If you don't want to set up an account, that's fine too. Sit, team up with someone who either has an account or is creating an account and create a small working group. Are the instructions clear? So I want you to either have your own account in front of you or create it or sit with someone who's doing it and help them out. Deal? Shopify and ClickFunnels, either one of those. Yeah. ClickFunnels has one free month, so you can sign up, and it takes 30 Shopify has a free one, too, no? Shop seven days. Shopify is seven days or something? 14 days. Sign up right now. It's free. You don't like it. You have until whatever, a few days to cancel. Are you an affiliate? Yeah. It, it's okay. So uh, ClickFunnels.com, Shopify.com. In the interest of time, I'm going to give you like two, three minutes. Get a, are you guys logging in? Um, have you used get, give response, get response? Of yeah. Oh, for email? Yeah, but you don't have to use their built-in email. You don't have to use their email. So you're saying you don't like the email? I have not used it. Have you used get response? No, we have, I have not used it. So, but we, I can look at it. So, yes. No, just go for basic. Okay. Where's Juan? We need, we need as many hands on deck to go around and help people as we can. Yes. Service-based businesses are just fine. You can use ClickFunnels. Yeah. Okay. So then I give you guys a minute or two for some of you to sign up, for some of you to log into your existing accounts, or team up with someone who has an account next to you. Okay? And then... I'm going to talk about the anatomy of a landing page. Okay? Fair? All right. Yes. Yeah. Go for it. No, I don't. I don't have anything. Yeah. No. If it takes too long, we got to skip it because uh, we are short on time. Huh? Internet? Yeah, it's okay. How many of you guys have been able to log in? Two? Come on, guys. <laughs> okay, it's okay. Say internet? All right. Okay. Uh, Wi-Fi is, yeah, the guest one. And password is guest321, all small letters. Wi-Fi is down. Mm -hmm. That sucks. Yeah. Who's who's the tech guy here? You're the tech guy. Uh, 
our tech guy is having Wi-Fi issues. We will improvise if I if we can't all get online. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Is this my laptop's problem or Wi-Fi's problem? Just sometimes Windows might work. Oh, we will improvise in a minute if we have issues. Yeah, this is this one I think. Go to ClickFunnels and log in using this. Are you guys logged in? Maybe use your hotspot if you have issues. But some of you guys are able to log in, right? Okay, cool. If you if you can if you have to improvise, the ones that who can log in have internet issues, team up with the guys who have logged in. Yeah, but if you okay, yeah, put on your personal hotspots. I know it's like data minutes, but it's worth it. Yeah. I need no click funnels. And this is the login credentials. All right, one more show of hand. How many of you guys are in? into your program. Okay, more people are coming in. Cool. All right. Okay, which one are you? Yeah, go go in. Did you build the newer 67 funnel? You did. Yeah, all right, I'll have him sh show it. All right, show them how to build the landing page, like how to pick a template and all that, and then we go to Neuro67 and break it down. Sounds good? Yeah. Hello. Nice. Um, what's going on, everybody? So my name is Samir, by the way. Samir Shabane. Um, long story short, let me actually throw this gum out. Is there a trash near here by any chance? Okay, perfect. There we go. So, essentially, as I was doing door to door sales for about two and a half years or so, um, I almost was addicted to learning how people were making money online. So, uh, little things I would do is like, screenshot almost every single ad I would come across, like every single Facebook ad I would get targeted by. I would screenshot the ad creative, uh, screenshot like the ad copy, 
And on top of that, I would screenshot like the funnel pages and try to go as as in depth into the funnel as possible. So essentially, I was just, uh, I was just like really aware of what these top level level uh, internet marketers were doing and e-commerce people were doing. For example, like Ty studied his funnel in and out, even duplicated some of his funnels just to really get a hands-on feel for what's working or not. But uh, really, the the concepts that all these higher level people talk about like Ty and Alex and uh, essentially anybody else, really it's all about the psychology. And me and Anton actually, where is he? I just saw him. Oh, me and Anton were just talking about this. Uh, is really when you're trying to sell something online, what you're really trying to do is uh, trigger specific like psychological emotions, right? So um, when Dan was talking about, you know, having the button right up at the top, we say it's above the fold. So if somebody's ready to buy, they're just gonna hit that button right away because some people, you ever scroll through like your, you know, your website or a website, but you don't get all the way to the bottom. So when I first got in touch with Alex, um, I looked at the MentorBox funnel and uh, I saw the amount of money they were not only just making, but also spending. And I'm like, oh my God, there is no uh, button, like a call to action button above the fold. So I'm like, Alex, man, like if we literally just add this one button in there, you know, it's definitely going to increase uh, the conversion rate. And a couple other things like timers, you know, manufacturing, like Cole talked about, manufacturing, urgency, and scarcity, and all these things is what causes psychological emotions uh, and triggers for people to buy. So one of the most valuable things that I studied from Ty and uh, my business partner, Juan, right there, can you guys give him a round of applause there we go so yeah juan and i when we were first building our e-commerce stores and till this day what we do is we just open up the 25 cognitive biases that um you know ty talks about and we just go through them one by one obviously some are more important than the others and we see how many of those were um you know attacking or adding and triggering on our websites um yeah, we met at uh, Ty Lopez conference. The first one, I think, was actually the at the Roosevelt Hotel. Um, and I was in L.A. to apply to work for Ty, and then Juan and I met, and then we ended up uh, doing door-to-door -door sales for like two and a half years. And then I would, I would constantly whisper in Juan's ear about internet money. That's what we call it, internet money. And he wasn't really a big believer. He's more of like super hardworking. But I'm like, dude, we can make so much more if we just like – build stuff online and look at all these ads, man, if we just make some of these right here, like we launch it. And then finally, you know, uh, we really sat down together, partnered up and we made it happen. Uh, and the rest is history pretty much. But I mean, we're no different than you guys. We're constantly learning, constantly uh, surrounding ourselves with people like, you know, Alex, Ty, um, and just really keep on learning more. But let's get into the practical stuff. Yeah. I don't know so, if all right. So this is what we're going to do. In this case, we have just one screen, so I'm going to project ClickFunnels, and I'm going to show you how to start a template in ClickFunnels. Uh, then we are going to walk over. It is the same concept. Like, we're going to walk through the anatomy of the landing page on ClickFunnels, but you can apply the same concept to Shopify. It's just a little bit of different UI, and also it's more product. Shopify is more product-oriented versus ClickFunnels is landing page-oriented. So... Uh, but we're going to show this, 
And then what we're going to do, you're going to start building one, ClickFunnels people and Shopify people, and Samir and I uh, are going to walk around and help you out. Okay? All right. So why don't you go talk about how to set it up, like this, how to start a page, yeah. and then break down mirrors. So I'll just open this on preview. By the way, just uh, just to be you know completely transparent, they already had a similar, like they had a website built, but it wasn't really much of a, a funnel, like inside ClickFunnels. So some of the things they already had in place, some of the things I added in there. Um, but really the whole point, right, is this is what Dan Fleischman was just touching on, is what's the only thing you can do on this page right here? Right? What, el what else can you do? What does the button say? Yeah, so either you're going to watch that video right there, which is going to sell you on clicking that button, or if you're already sold because of the ad itself, you're just going to hit that button right away. You know, if you're super action-based, you're just going to smash that button right there, and it'll take you directly to the um, checkout page, right? Now, let's check out the headline. A brain supplement designed by top neuroscientists to help you think better and get more from life from your life okay now the first part a brain supplement if somebody just landed on that page by you know let's say not necessarily by mistake but they just like Alex they see the ad and they're like oh I like Alex like I'll check out what he's doing now so they click on that ad the first thing they're gonna realize is, okay cool neuro 67 what is it it's a brain supplement now who makes this brain supplement or who's responsible for it these two guys right here who are top neuroscientists and one of the most powerful words words you can use in marketing is you, right? Because if I'm talking, if I'm just sitting here talking about we, but instead I'm like, hey, you, Zach, right? That's way more powerful. It's like you're talking directly to that person. Again, hence why I use it in the uh, call to action, like the button itself, because it's like unlock your full potential. Um, so we use it twice, you and your, help you think better, and get more from your life. You know, how many people here want to think better? Right, almost everybody. Uh, how many people want to get more from their life, or from your life? Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's almost like a little bit basic, but at the same time, it's like saying exactly what it is. It's talking directly to the person that's reading or on the page. Um, and again, th this is the most important part because a lot of people try to put so many things above the fold okay this is what it is above the fold is just right when you land on it you have that button you have the video and nothing else they can't go to um you know the home page they can't go to an faq they can't go to a contact us page boom that's all they get anything you want to add no, just keep so going so there's actually four words in marketing i really like one you mentioned you the other three are free instantly i love that word instantly like if you could say blah 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 will instantly transform your life now it has to be true but it it's like a very powerful word and the fourth one is because it's interesting because i use because all the time because people you see how because just stacks up uh because people uh, when they see you're doing something they always want to know why you do it and I always say that in my videos, explain why you do something, the product, whatever, the service you provide, explain why you're doing it. Even if the reason is simple, 
doesn't matter. The moment people are like, ah, oh, that's why. So use those four words. Yeah. Boom. So this is it, right? Right. This is the fold. As we go down, obviously we have to have this. This is a clause for it to be uh, in line with Facebook's uh, ad policies. But what is Neuro67? So right here we just try to, you know, again, let them know exactly what it is off the bat. They're going to see it's like almost looks like medicine, right? It's like a, in a medicine bottle, has the capsules on it. But notice how easy it is on the eyes, right? It's not like when they scroll down, all of a sudden it's a bunch of jargon, tons of pictures. We're going to feed it to them one spoon at a time. So it's not all at once. So what is Neuro67? And hence why we have some of these things bolded. So that way, if somebody's not sitting there trying to read every single word and they're just scanning, which is what most people do at that, you know, in, in all honesty, remember names, focus, improve your mental speed, step up for your brain. So even if you didn't read that whole paragraph, you still get the gist of what this is going to solve for you. What is it? Does, that's secondary. It actually doesn't matter. No, that's secondary. The first thing is why do I care about it? Yeah. So what is in it is like 15 layers down. Yeah, exactly. Because um, really what we're trying to do first is like sell them on the, on the product on Neuro67. So focus on concentration, processing speed, working memory, creativity. Now this is again, right, real easy on the eye. Why Neuro67? Because it's designed by neuroscientists. And it, these, some of the things right here like are really for authority purposes as well. So a neuroscientist, you know, if a comedian made this thing like, Nobody's going to take this seriously, you know. But if a neuroscientist or a NASA scientist made this and manufactured it, then it's a lot more valuable. It's made by authority figures. Um, NASA scientists with a blend of ingredients, 100% backed by peer-reviewed science and human-based trials. Again, authority. And notice, again, what Dan Fleischman was talking about, right? Give them a little bit more. So maybe if they're ready to buy by then, perfect. Like, they can just hit the button without having to scroll all the way or keep on reading. So we have it in there again. Tap into your brain's potential, just selling them some more. Also really easy on the eye. So tap into your brain's potential. If we don't have to read the whole thing, have the competitive edge, overcome obstacles in your way, give you the ultimate advantage you need. You don't have to read the whole thing. Now this right here, this is just to make them feel safe, make them feel um, comfortable. 100% guaranteed or you get your money back. Um, have that emblem right there. This is, like for Shopify, what we use is those, um, what we use is the, like PayPal, um, the Stripe logos, the Visa, the MasterCard, right? Because you can relate to those brands because if you trust PayPal, then you're automatically going to trust our store as well. Um, so it's really, I'm not sure what the exact bias that is, do you know? I forget the name of it, yeah. So again, one more time, we have the, um, we have the, uh, the button right there in case they're ready after learning, you know, after they got sold right after that. And then the super ingredients to answer your question right here. Um, yeah, this is more for like people who are um, really, really practical. Yeah, these are- yeah, So basically think about it this way. Uh, in a supplement, ingredients are like features. Features of a product don't matter. The first thing that matters is that do people want it? So the first thing you want to do is make people want it. Everything else, including what's in it and all the features, is rationalization. So people don't make decisions based on features of a product. They make they first they decide they want it, and then they decide 
okay, now am I making a good decision or not? And that's where ingredients or features come in or price. Huh? I don't judge humanity. That's yeah. the, don't yeah, fight it, just uh, fight. profit off of it. Hey, you have a question? Yeah, Monty? So Um, so if you're talking about, well, images are very important, by the way. Yeah. So, I mean, these are actually, they're easy to, to, uh, get like on Upwork, for example, you can get graphic designers to create great images for you guys, like for a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. So here's, here's what I was talking about. Um, so obviously for this industry, for this specific market right here, it's not going to be Visa, MasterCard, PayPal, Stripe. It's going to be non-GMO, gluten-free, GMP, FDA registered, and an American flag right here. I don't know what organization that is. Um, but again, one more time, we you know let them know who's behind the product. Authority-wise. Authority-wise, and also for relatability purposes. Like it's so much easier and likability. It's so much easily uh, easier for us to relate to people or buy into like people rather than a brand so really nowadays it's all about attaching uh, a face to it so it makes them feel a lot easier you know if they know who is selling the product so that worst case scenario if anything goes wrong this is what we think in our head if anything goes wrong well I know exactly you know who to contact or who's responsible for it um, as opposed to if it was just like a white label brand with no face on it so again just building up some authority right here some credibility as well FAQs uh, remove doubt uh, doubtability bias, I think it's called. So just remove any more doubt that they might have for little things right here. Um, and then, boom, we got the offer. Now, the reason why we have this at the bottom right here is any of these buttons that you click up at the top, they're just going to bring you right down to the checkout page. Um, and you guys can see here, Alex loves subscription, loves, loves subscription-based uh, products. So, you know, we put a one-year supply, one-month supply right there. And this is just a contrast. Also, me and Anton were talking about this. Uh, a little bit more of a contrast bias right here. So, you know, these should be bolded, honestly, because it just looks better and this shouldn't be bolded. Um, but act now to also get overlo overload them with more bonuses. value. Yeah. Bonuses. 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 Exactly. Basically, you're stacking a scale and then you put some stuff on top to literally tilt it in just your tips. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like somebody's gonna be scrolling. They'll be like, "Ah, oh, you know what? This is cool. I mean, uh, I could probably buy this. Maybe not now. Wait a minute. I get Doctor Fresco's ebook, a free VIP mentor called Sixty Day Money Back Guarantee, and direct communication with Doctor Fresco. Sure, why not? The t you know, that these are not good bonuses, by the way. I can, <laughs> we could have done a better job. Tell you what, if if you want a little secret, sometimes before you actually make the bonuses, just give the bonuses away and whatever is like helping convert better then you go out there and make, you know, the bonuses. Uh, but you got to be really fast on it because you got to fulfill on the bonuses, obviously. Um, now, this right here, so I got this from Ty. So if you guys see any one of uh, Ty's, uh, like, checkout pages, always going to hit you on one of these. Check yes. I want to overcome my mental barriers. So really, because, like, when somebody's reading this right here, it's like they're saying it in their head, so it's like, you know, you're, you're saying it, right? So it's like, yes, it's commitment consistency bias. So it's like they're reading it, and then they're like, well, I said yes, I want to overcome my mental barriers, so let me go ahead and fill this thing up. Um, but this is real, real simple right here, just a two-step two, two step 
Um, I love these right here real clean because it's not giving him too much to do at once. Like really, really trying to figure out a way around like Shopify because it gives you this long form. How many of you guys ever went to go buy something and it's like such a long process? You're like, you know what? Screw this. I'll do it later and you never, ever do it again, right? I see a lot of people shaking their head yes. So that's the point. It's like, hey, just, you know, just name, email. It's like once I hit complete my order, now put in your credit card info. And it's like, well, I already filled it up, read the whole thing. Might as well just finish it off and get my Neuro 67. Um, and again, at the bottom, not really much else. So, yeah, it's no, real easy on that. So eye. this is, remember earlier today I said about one-page and two-page funnels? What is this one? One-page funnel. This is one-page, right? So... And what we do is that in one page, you have these buttons that are scrolled to the bottom, and they do the checkout right on the same page. What is the advantage of having a two-page uh, funnel? Yeah, you can measure how many people go forward in the funnel so you understand what is the actual intention. The second thing is what? Remember I told you opt-in, you can get emails on the first page before they bounce on the checkout page. So on the first page, to go to the next page, you ask for name and email. And on the next page, you offer the – you put the offer on the next page so you get – you have always more people putting in their emails than putting in their credit card. Therefore, you can email them later to purchase your product even if they bounce. Does that make sense? Okay. So I think what we're going to do now, uh, we're going to – have you guys, if you have, a, uh, if you have a funnel or a website, I want you to duplicate it and start put, setting it up this way. And if you don't, uh, just start a brand new one, like off of one of the templates, and then start filling it in with this information. This is the structure. At the top is your logo. I sometimes put a one, our 1888 number or 1800 number at the top. Some people think you should put it. Some people don't believe in it. I always put a 1888 number because I feel like people feel safer when a company has a phone number at the top. So logo, phone number, email for customer support. In this case, we don't have that. Then a headline, which is a sentence. Then ideally a video, if not an image. Okay. Underneath it, call, then stack. Call to action button first. Then just build the next thing. Why? What? Who? Who is it for? Why should I buy it? What, so those, this, look at the top, the headline of these sections. What is Neuro 67? Why Neuro 67? And then tap into your brain's potential. Now we are like basically drilling the point. Safety, right there, 100%. Then these are features. So if you have a product, this is basically think of ingredients of a supplement as these features. Then likability, authority. Who's building it? Why are they building it? You know, all these things. Stack it, and then throughout the page, you have buttons that go, so we will show you how to set up buttons. Okay? I think you guys better get started right now. Just start building. All right. Build some money printers, yes. I like to call them. So why don't you take Shopify? I take ClickFunnels. Yes. All right, I'm going to be over here. Can everyone see me? Hello? Hi. So, uh, yeah, that's good. All right. I'm going to pull this up. Welcome. Good to see everybody. Glad I could be here. No, no worries. Can I, go, can I start? We good? Yeah. Should I just keep using this microphone then? Okay. Hello. Uh, 
How many of you are actively running an e-commerce business? Raise your hands real quick. Okay, handful of you. How many of you want to be in e-commerce? Raise your hands real quick. Right on. Uh, what I'm going to talk about, I'm not, uh, I do have a business that was started on e-commerce that's moved into big box. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about that. Uh, because of some flipping schedules, I was going to go 60 minutes. Now it's going to be about 20-ish. So I'm going to give you the cliff note versions and trust that you guys are smart enough to fill in the blanks. You guys consider, or wait, do I, what's this? Never mind. That's counting up. I thought it was counting down. Uh, so uh, you guys consider yourselves smart, savvy entrepreneurs, yeah? All right. Cool. Yes? Okay, so how many of you have never seen me speak before? I guess raise your hands real quick. Okay, so I do interaction. I start a sentence and have you fill in the blanks. Good job. Yes, and I say things and have you shout it back. So make sure that uh, if you're drinking things, uh, water or alcohol or whatever you've got going on, um, that you're, you know, able to interact with me because that's how I do my thing. So um, when it comes to e-commerce, which I think is what kind of the primary theme that brings everyone here together this weekend or today, Saturday, is uh, is we might all make business in different platforms, different niches, different industries, but I think that's the common denominator. And so uh, I'm going to talk about a little bit of the format of how to create a VSL, my man Terry did a great job introducing me, and he said I've sold $200 million from stage, a little less, about $120 to $150 million, which is, I think, still a pat on my own back. And the language that I have to use verbally to sell from stage is, I call it, spoken copyright. And so when we're going to have websites that need to convert, and there's typed copyright, or many of you in here are going to record yourself on video... There's certain words that you're going to want to say and a certain format you're going to want to follow. So I'd like to share that with you guys. Would that be valuable to know the format of how to create a converting VSL? Raise your hands if you think that would be valuable. Yes? Awesome. So I was going to talk about that. Uh, I'm going to talk about trends. Uh, the beautiful thing about e-commerce is how quickly you can change your product or industry overnight. And so talking about how to continue to be ahead of trends to stay profitable. Who in here by a show of hands thinks remaining profitable in business is important? Raise your hands. Okay, so that's like 80% of you. The rest of you are running charities, I guess, right? They don't need nonprofits, right? So, again, how many of you think being profitable in business is important? Raise your hand. Okay, all of you. Just making sure I'm in the right place. Uh, I didn't know if I was speaking for Habitat for Humanity or if I was speaking in front of a group of entrepreneurs. So, that being said, I think that's what I can fit in 20 minutes. And so, uh, I think I have a pen here. Yes, I do. When it comes to creating a, a script... When you guys are running a website to sell anything in the world or even standing on stage and selling with your voices. Again, some of us in here are copywriters where you can type your own copy in your emails and your websites. A lot of you will outsource that to a quote-unquote copywriter. And then what I see a lot of people do that they're really shooting themselves in the foot is they've got great copy on their website. Then they stand in front of the camera and totally blow it. You guys might know what I'm talking about where for those of us in today's day and age – Video, I believe, and you can argue with this, and that's fine, uh, video is more important than text. I don't read anything on websites. I watch the videos. So you can pay a lot of money to have a really high-level copywriter create beautiful copy on your website, and if your video sucks, no, one's, no one cares that you spent ten grand on a copywriter to create your website for you. They're watching your video, and if you don't get them, they're out. You guys got that, Yes. So uh, if you're over here I'll, uh, and you can't see my little white uh, flip chart here, I'll just read it out loud as I go. But I want to create kind of the format. So here's how your VSLs should go. There should be an open. And this is uh, you know introduction. Hi, my name is Cole Hatter. And inside your open, you want to quote, I would recommend two numbers. How many numbers? That sucked. How many numbers? 
Yeah, two numbers. So let's just say I'm going to create a product with you guys right now and create a VSL with you. Let's say my product, uh, somebody create a product for me. Toothbrushes. Okay, so hi, my name is Cole Hatter. I've been a dentist for 15 years, and I've worked with 10,000 clients. So do you see what I just did right there? Two numbers right out the gate, uh, right out the gate excuse me, to gain credibility. So write that down. In your open, you want to quote two numbers to gain credibility. He said toothbrushes, just for full disclosure, I have nothing to do with the dental industry, but to play along in this pretend scenario, hi, my name is Cole Hatter. I've been a dentist for whatever I said 10 years, and I've worked with 10,000 patients. That's my open. Two numbers. That gains credibility. That gains what? Credibility. Gains credibility. Okay, so that's the open. And then obviously, again, introducing yourself, talking about your industry. The next thing is called the problem. It's called the what? Problem. problem. So let's just stick with the toothbrushes. Hi, my name is Cole Hatter. I've been a dentist for 10 years. I've worked with 10,000 customers, whatever. And what I've found is, and I'm going to create the problem, Many people don't have great dental health. Many people assume that brushing your teeth in the morning and the night is enough. Many people, you're going to create the problem, all right? And I'm sticking with the dental industry since that was the first thing I heard. Fill in the blanks with whatever your product, service, niche, or industry is. Gain credibility, quoting two numbers of why you are credible and why they should keep listening, and then immediately get to a problem. You can also call the problem kind of the hook. I'll write that over here. Kind of the hook. That's what's going to keep them listening. You see that? That's what's going to keep them listening uh, because they should be able to relate to your problem. And if they can't relate to your problem, guess what they're going to do? Close your website. But they wouldn't have been a customer anyway because your problem that you're creating is ultimately the solution that your product provides. And so by getting right to the problem in the beginning, people that resonate with your problem, what are they going to do? Keep listening and then ultimately buy. If they can't resonate, like, I've never had a cavity in my life, I've never been to a dentist, and I don't believe in dental hygiene, well, then they're going to stop listening, but they wouldn't have bought your toothbrush anyway. You guys follow me? Say yes. Okay, beautiful. Okay, so you open. Uh, the next step after the open, again, is the problem. It's the what? Right after the problem, you give them the solution. Uh, so let's go back through this. And again, I'm making this up as I go because my man over here threw out toothbrushes, which is not my industry. So hi, my name is Cole. I've been in this 10 years, work with 10,000 people. What I've found is, list the problem, people assume that brushing their teeth once in the morning, once in the night is enough, blah, 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 blah. However, solution. What I've found is X, Y, Z. Um, using mouthwash. Let's just pretend my product is mouthwash. What I've found through my 10 years of experience and 10,000 customers is people think brushing's enough. But ultimately, it's mouthwash. I'm going to talk about the solution. It's mouthwash that is ultimately creating, I mean, I'm, I'm not in the dental industry, uh, a, a cleaner mouth so there's no gingivitis and I don't even know mouth disease. You guys can fill in the blanks right there, right? So, so what it is is it's, and maybe I should have started with my own industry. Uh, so you talk about the uh, problem. You talk about the solution. And then uh, you're next, you're going to talk about the product. I want to make sure I got this right for you guys. So what I've found is product. Is the people that just brush are oftentimes creating gum disease, gingivitis, whatever. However, what I've found is solution. It's mouthwash. And so what I've done is, through collaboration with the best dentists in the industry, created a mouthwash that actually really gets in those nooks and crannies that the toothbrush can't get into, so on and so forth. You then talk about the price, what it is that you're offering this for, and then the invitation. I'm going to write invite, but the word is invitation. 
And this is the order that your VSL should go in, one after the other. So as you guys, oh, and by the way, even written VSLs should ultimately follow this format as well. So if you have a copywriter that's writing copy, this should be the narrative of that copy. Are you guys with me right now? Say yes. So if you're over here and you can't see my whiteboard or you're anywhere in here and you can't see what I'm writing, step one is the open. Within the open, claim two numbers that you can own and substantiate. You, I mean, I can't make this stuff up. Obviously, I'm not a dentist, so I would never really create a VSL like this, but something you can own. Uh, Terry introduced me. I think he said I've been on stage for some odd thousand hours. I was doing the math with my team earlier. It's 4,800 hours, which if you divide that by 24, it's like 190 days I've been on stage. And so I could stand on stage and say, hi, everybody. I've been on stage almost 5,000 hours. I've spoken to over a million people. That is something that I really have done, and those are two numbers I can own. So in the dental industry, to stick with this pretend example, my open is, hi, my name is Cole Hatter. I'm a dentist. I've been a dentist for 10 years. There's the number. Have cleaned over 10,000 mouths. There's the second number. That's called credibility. One more time. What's that called? What I've found in my experience is that many people assume that brushing once at morning and once at night is all the dental hygiene they need. That's the problem. Uh, oh, sorry. Let me continue. Uh, and what I've found is that they're continuing to get cavities, gingivitis, whatever. Mouth disease is kind of a gross topic. So thanks, my man. Blame Matt for picking this one. So that's the problem. What I've found, a.k.a. solution, is that mouthwash is the only way to truly combat these mouth issues. So what I've done is I've created a product, aka mouthwash, that's revolutionary. And now you sell your product. And this should be the longest part of your VSL. Just so you all know, maybe make a note right there. Describing your product should be the longest part. Write this down. Features and benefits. You're spending the longest time in your VSL describing the features and benefits, aka selling your product. Hey, this mouthwash, it tastes great. It makes you taller and have more hair. And no, I'm just kidding. But it's, you talk about your product for the longest part. Then you get to the price, and then you invite them to participate. You know, so what we've done is most of the mouthwashers on the shelves in the stores range from $5 to $15. What we decided to do to make this affordable to everybody is if you take action now, you're going to get it for XYZ price. I invite you to get started. Click the link below. And then, you know, whatever your product is, in this case, mouthwash, to check out. Yes, sir. Question is, how long should the video be? Anybody have any feedback on that? I have some ideas. Yes, sir. I say one to three minutes. He said two to four minutes. We're right in the same gauge. Uh, we're busy. And in the world today, I was just talking to my man over here. Come over here real quick. Come on, Bill. Stand out here. This guy with the sleeve, just so you know, Bill's my homie. I drug him up here. Owns an e-commerce business that he's going to sell for a quarter million this week. So give him a quick round of applause. Yeah, so I was like, hey, I'm going to go talk to a bunch of e-commerce people. You want to come? So Amazon, creating profits. This guy's a gangster on it. And I was just chatting with him on the drive up here about how attention is the most valuable uh, currency in the world right now. Attention more than anything, right? You can keep standing up here if you want. I just want to point you out. Okay, all right. You can go away. Uh, but hang on one second. I'll be right with you. Uh, so, so if you want to grab Bill on the brakes, uh, the guy's crushing e-commerce. He has several businesses selling one for a quarter million this week. He's got, what, like nine people that want to buy it from you? And he just started it last year. So talk about thinking of something, creating it, and getting a six, multiple six-figure exit. My man right there. Uh, but that being said, the question is how long is the video? And in the back seat of my car on the drive up here, I was like, dude, attention – 
is the most valuable currency in the world right now in in the world that we live in, period. But it's hard to keep someone's attention. Here we come back to the question for longer than just a few minutes. So what you're going to want to do is spend some time and figure out how to fit all this in. My opinion, one to three minutes. My man right here said two to four. Let's call that about the same. Uh, If you're still talking beyond four minutes, nobody's listening to you. And you can get all these analytics on YouTube and Facebook videos. Getting someone to watch past six seconds is actually pretty impressive, just so you all know. Uh, But that's okay. Because is every single person that lands on your website going to buy your product? Of course not. So when by far the majority are out of there within six seconds, that's normal. But you're going to want to take someone through this whole process to then invite them to purchase your product. That invite needs to happen, in my opinion, within a minute to three minutes, personally. Yes, sir. So he's talking about, uh, he calls a luxury item, um, and he says, what if it's like jewelry and there's not as much urgency? I don't know necessarily there's urgency in gum disease either. Well, maybe there would be. Uh, So I would call it like a commodity business, which is what jewelry is. So what if it's a commodity and there's no urgency? Uh, I would create some type of fear of loss. So great question. Hey, Cole, uh, how am I going to get them to buy my product if there's truly no urgency? If it's a massage or if it's jewelry, it's something that there is no – technically no urgency of, I would manufacture urgency is what I call it, and that's we don't have time for like another five, seven minutes to talk about manufacturing urgency, but uh, everybody has a limited line, and I'm not going to get into uh, any political conversations right now, but diamonds aren't nearly as limited as diamond or jewelry companies claim they are, right? They create scarcity in the marketplace. They create this belief that there's a limited amount, which is why we all pay ridiculous amounts for diamonds and rings, right? And so specific to jewelry, that's easy because the entire industry has this narrative that if you don't buy it now, it's limited production and the prices are only going up. But that being said, outside of jewelry, if you're in a commodity-type business where it's a luxury item, it's not a necessity, it's not food, water, shelter, it's some pleasure item like a massage, right, which, oh, I could live with back pain. How are you going to create urgency? I would use fear of loss. And within my uh, product or within my problem, I would create a massive problem within with whatever it is, right? The problem is you just can't get your hands on these bracelets. The second we open it up, I mean, Kylie Jenner with her lipstick, it's freaking lipstick, right? And I don't know much about her or her e-commerce business, but she opens and closes her lipstick line, makes tens of millions of dollars at a time because it's a limited production, question is, why don't they know how many millions of chicks are going to buy her lipstick and just make enough in their production run? Because that scarcity makes people buy. Not to blow Ty out with his strategy, but why does he open and close all of his products? Why why does he open his SMMA program and then close it? Scarcity. He can open it 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's an online product. But the reason he closes, closes it creates scarcity, which creates a problem, and then people buy. So I would do the same thing. Did you guys understand the question answer? Yeah? Uh, creates attention too. Yeah, but so there are two big drivers in sales. Write these down. Many of you, I assume, know this. Uh, hope for gain and fear of loss. Fear of loss is stronger. So I guess what we should say within this uh, formula that I just gave you guys right here, in this, your goal is to create both hope for gain and fear of loss. Okay? So what would be hope for gain? Oh, by buying my mouthwash, you're not going to have to pay for cavities being filled anymore. You're not going to have to pay for root canals. You're not going to have – that's hope for gain. Fear of loss is 
This is a beta testing mouthwash. I've only filled 10,000 bottles. If you're the 10,000 and first person to see this video, we're already sold out. So hope for gain. Never have cavities again. Don't have to go to your dentist anymore, blah, 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 whatever. Hope for gain. But then fear of loss. However, if you don't buy now, it's out. Look at infomercials. Why do they have a timer, like starting at 18 minutes counting down, for like a four-minute infomercial that when it ends, you know you've got 15 minutes or less to buy? But then that's a recurring infomercial that runs every single day. They have a sales floor open 24 hours a day. They will take your money no matter when you call. But that little counting down timer creates a fear of loss. It creates urgency. So it's manufactured urgency when there really wouldn't need to be. They've created it with that counting down timer. So uh, I've done that with my – I have an event called Thrive, and uh, I do that at my website. You guys, any Thrive Tribers out there right now? What's up, my people? And so uh, we have different split testing, and some of our funnels have a counting down timer that say, hey, if you don't buy it within this, you're going to pay more, and it converts better because we create uh, – I don't want to say false, but we manufacture urgency. Uh, did you have a question? Uh, question is, do I recommend this video? Ooh, do you want me, at, bro, with the mic, do you want me to wait for them to ask it so it's recorded? Will you run that up here then real quick? It's my bad. I got to think post-production right now. Okay, ask it again in the microphone, please. Right here, right in front of you. All right. Um, going back to the video, do you recommend having the video on the Facebook ad or the landing page? So question is, do I... Do I recommend having this right here, the one to four-minute video on a Facebook ad? I do not. Uh, for a Facebook ad, I recommend that it's shorter, calling them the click below, right, and then they land on this. This should be on your landing page. And, and again, you guys can argue with me on that. But on Facebook, and I was just actually having this conversation with Bill, the dude with the sleeve I just pulled up here in the, in the manly beard. Um, we were talking about that on Facebook versus like Amazon, for instance. Facebook-specific, people don't have their credit cards out ready to buy versus like those of you that sell e-commerce on Amazon. Why do you go to Amazon to buy crap? Why do you go on Facebook to check out what people are doing? And so on Facebook, it's a little bit of a different sale in the sense that you've got to pull someone out of Facebook onto your landing page, if that makes sense. As a video, for sure video. So, so just to, to answer your question and be time conservative, and let me know if I have shorter or longer, Terry, um, this that I'm talking about right here is on your landing page. To get people to this page, I would create shorter videos. I'm going to make this up. Again, I'm not a dentist. I'm ad-libbing this as I go. But I would say something like uh, asking them questions and then telling them I have a solution. Hey, um, are you afraid of going to the dentist? Do you want to have a bright white smile like everyone in Hollywood has? Are you sick and tired of not knowing how to whatever? Whatever I would say. Click the link below. I've got the solution for you. That's all my video would say. They're like, well, dude, I would love to have a Hollywood smile, and I do hate the dentist. So, yeah, let me see what this guy's got. Click it. Then they see this video. Yes. Oh, will you ask in the microphone real quick? Um, how much can we exaggerate on the solution before it's false advertisement? Uh, question is how much can be exaggerated on the solution before it's false advertisement? Like, are you saying how much can you exaggerate what your product really does? So here in America, we have this thing called the FTC, and they're the ones that regulate what you're claiming your product does, whether it's income claims or solution-based claims. I wouldn't exaggerate it at all. I would just create a badass product. From an integrity and character standpoint, but also from a compliance with the FTC standpoint. So you don't want to exaggerate uh, in the sense that it's 
how do, how do I say this? You want to put a spotlight on it. Like you definitely want to make your product sound like it's better than the others, but you certainly don't want to like, hey, it's a mouthwash, but it cures cancer too, so why you'll come on over. You can't make exaggerated claims that are ridiculous. The FTC is the one that would see that video and be like, oh, no, you didn't slap you with fines or even put you in, in jail. Uh, so don't exaggerate ridiculous claims, but definitely highlight what yours does. And you can make claims like mine's the best in the industry. Well, that's an opinion. That's not a claim. Yeah, you can say that. Or you can even – what a lot of people do, so to her point, is they bring in a third party. Hey, here's Bob. He's been a dentist for 30 years. Let's see what Bob has to say. And Bob's like, oh, in my opinion, this is the best product in the industry, right? So you can make claims that yours is better than someone else's, but you can't exaggerate claims. Uh, I imagine that because of Ty's global reach, maybe several of you don't live in America. Here in America, we have the FTC. You can't make false claims, which I would say an exaggerated claim leans towards false claims. Uh, yes, yes, and then I'm going to teach you the next thing unless they kick me off and take my mic. All right, so uh, question is talking about the cognitive biases. Uh, it, because I've got one to three minutes and you said two to four, you were the one, uh, I can't fit 25 in there. So I just lean with fear of loss, hope for gain. So, guys, Ty talks a lot about that. He's actually, to give Ty credit, uh, the first that ever taught me to even investigate the cognitive biases, which I actually had been using, call it, I don't know, intuition. Uh, but that being said, I got one to three minutes. I can't hit 25 of them. I stick with fear of loss, hope for gain. Ten minutes? Thanks, Terry. Um, here's a question, then yours, and then I'm going to teach you something else. Uh, so let's say that you want to use, like, some social proof. Yeah. Uh, you would use it as part of the problem or the solution. Which one works? Are you talking best? about, like, third-party testimonials? Correct. Like, hey, uh, Seth used my product. His teeth were falling out of his mouth, and now look at him. Correct. Are you about which, okay. one, which one converted you the best? Like, which? Yeah. Uh, are you talking about where in this funnel that would be? Correct. Uh, so solution, I would probably put it in the solution format. Uh Again, you've got one to three minutes, so I would make that 20 seconds or less. But here's what other people have to say, and then maybe two or three testimonials of one to five seconds. Hey, my name's Seth. I started using this product beforehand. My teeth are falling out. Now my teeth are perfect or whatever, right? Again, we're sticking with dental. I'm not a dentist, so I'm reaching here. But fill in the blanks. Like I said, i got to condense 60 into 20 minutes. Uh, which I guess now is 30 minutes. Um, but so that's what I would do. Uh, third, these are called third-party testimonials. This is huge. For those of you that are startup, you don't have those yet. You can borrow those from the industry, if that makes sense. Like for uh, you've got a brand-new product that hasn't been used. Here's what people are saying about mouthwash. You can use that. Borrow it from the industry. Oh, mouthwash changed my life. But then once you have clients, which was actually kind of my next talk, uh, definitely incorporate third-party stories. Hey, you know, Zach and Warren, and you don't have a name tag, her, she used my product, and let's just hear what they have to say about it. And, of course, uh, oh, oh, and by the way, these are going to be third-party testimonials that you're, of course, recording. Ask them, write this down, ask them to be a spokesperson, not a salesperson. Nobody believes a salesperson as a third-party story. Spokespeople, yes. And if you don't understand the difference, we can talk about it later. Chris, I don't want that. It's not beer. It's water. I'm, I'm, I'm on Saturday right now, just so you all know. Okay, so that was what I would say. For a third-party story, don't have them pitch your product. It's inauthentic. It's not organic. Want them to be a spokesperson, not a salesperson. Got it? Say got it? You're my last question. Go ahead, Gino. Um, so I have a question about the opener. If you're just we, we just wait for this thing to go by? Sorry. Give me an extra minute, Terry. This, this doesn't count. <laughs> 
All right, go ahead, Gina. Okay, so for your opener, um, if you're just getting started, what would you say for, like, the two numbers thing? Like, if you're not quite there and, like, established and you don't have, like, that credibility? Like, okay, I'll say? do it for you. What's your product? Make, we'll say make money. Make money. Make, but money, what's your on, make money online. So your product teaches people how to create an online product? Yeah, or say yeah, yeah, passive income, how to create passive income online. Uh, okay, so have, is this your very first step in the industry? You're saying yes. you've, you've personally never made money online or yes. passive income? Yes. Okay, so that's a little bit different than the numbers that I would quote if I was you are industry standards. Hey, and, and I don't – someone correct me if I'm wrong. Online, you're basically selling online education to teach yeah. someone how to make money online. Okay, yeah. so uh, I heard that it's some odd billion and it's going to double this year or something like that. Who knows that number I imagine someone in this audience knows what online education did in 2017, what it's supposed to do in 2018. Does anyone know? It was something billion, and it's going to grow. You do even more. So I would quote that. You know, hi, my name is Gino. Uh, right now, in 2017, online education is doing this. Next year, it's projected to do this. Are you going to be a part of it or not? So don't lie. Don't ever lie. There's too many wankers out there that are just lying about everything, right? Anybody with an iPhone is an online expert. Don't pretend you are if you aren't yet. So, so I appreciate how, how you establish the cre credibility then for your So business. what you're going to do then, because you can't, and, and yeah. with integrity and character, you can't own that space yet. Right. So you just want to sell the space. Okay. Hey, listen, I'm here to teach you how to make money in this industry, and here's what this industry has done. This much billion this year, it's going to be this much billion next year. Are you going to have a piece of that market share or not? There's your open. The problem is... Many people are getting dissatisfied with traditional education. They're spending sixty dollars to $100,000 on a four-year degree to find themselves not able to get a job. What I've done is curated the best information from the best people like Tyler, blah, 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 and you just go on. Okay. So my opener would be industry numbers if you don't personally own it yet. Fair enough, yeah? I'm not going to sit up here and teach you guys how to lie. I couldn't go home and look my babies in the face if I was. Okay, one other thing I want to teach you. I'm sure there's some other hands up, but I want to give you guys something else. Has this been okay so far, Yeah talking super fast because they just changed the schedule and unfortunately i have to be back in orange county by 6 p.m so i was like no i can't talk at six i gotta talk right now so uh this right here is what's called the bell curve it's called the what what side of the bell curve do you want want to be on the left or the right good job right side okay if you're over here bell curve right here right side so let me talk to you about product because what i wanted to hit in an hour was how to create a good VSL. I think we've done well enough there for you guys to at least have some food for thought to chew on later. The next one I want to talk about is your product. Can we talk about product for just a second? Yeah? How many minutes do I have, Terry? Keep going. <laughs> All right. Don't mind if I do. Okay, so here we go. Uh, you know what that line? Shoot. Freaking All right, hang on. Let's do it like this. Uh, let's do it like this. Let's do it like this. Okay, so this over here, uh, this is a bell curve. If you guys uh, do, do you, I, I bet you did Alex just use a bell curve for some other example or price point? No, he didn't. Okay. So when it comes to bell curves, here's what I want to talk about. To make money in an industry, first of all, e-commerce is rad because you can uh, – Ty always says that he said um, on his gravestone he wants it to say a mad scientist. Have you guys heard him say that? And what he means is that he's trying everything. I don't know of a better industry to be able to try 50 things at once than e-commerce, right? Like, think about it for a second. Uh, my man, um, uh, where did Bill go? I'm going to keep using Bill. And Jared, my other homie that I brought here, also in the e-commerce business. I, like, grabbed e-commerce friends and came up here. Uh, but uh, he's talking about, he's like, oh, yeah, dude, I'm just playing around with, like, 15 different things right now. 
what else can you do, especially with white labeling and drop shipping? And he's doing print on demand. That's that's um, Bill's new big thing right now, print on demand, where he has no cost of inventory or fulfillment. Someone buys it, it prints on demand and ships, and he makes a margin. So he's just creating T-shirts on trends right now and freaking crushing it right now. So e-commerce is sick in that regard. That being said, let me make sure I write this down correctly. I took a picture of this for you guys. I was going to make slides, and I was like, nah, nobody wants slides. So over here, all the way on the end, and this little sliver way, to he- way ahead of the curve are what are called opportunity creators. Opportunity creators. If you, have an oppor- if you have the ability of being an opportunity creator, you're done. This is Steve Jobs creating the iPhone, right? This is uh, Jeff Bezos creating Amazon. This is someone who thinks something up. These are your gazillionaires, your billionaires, etc. If any of you in here have the opportunity to be an opportunity creator, the guys that invented the widget spinner, like all of that, that's where the most money is. However, for me to say every person in this room is going to invent the next Facebook, invent the next, excuse me, widget spinner, invent the next, uh, who else do I use? iPhone, Steve Jobs, rest his soul. That's unlikely that, how many people are here? It looks like around 100 or so. What? What did you count? It's 117. Not 115, not 120. 17. Okay, so there's 117. Thank you. Uh, and he's the one that said two to four minutes for a VSL. So are you, uh, what type of, uh, on his? What? Right on. Opportunity creators is unlikely, and I'm not judging you, but how many of us can guarantee as a business strategy we're going to invent the next iPhone? There's no guarantee. Even Steve Jobs didn't know if we wanted our iPhone. Uh, what was it before? iPods to call people, right? So these are the opportunity creators. The next line over are called the early adapters. Early minority slash adapters. We'll just write adapters because I don't have. Early minority slash early adapters right here. And guys, that's where I play. So watch this. Watch this. Steve Jobs invented the iPhone. He then made it available for third-party app developers to create apps. So some dudes got together and said, let's create this thing where we've got birds and pigs and you knock down things. Let's create angry birds. And they made tens of millions of dollars creating angry birds because Steve Jobs created the iPhone. They now had a platform to sell their stuff. Does that make sense? They even have retail products. My daughter has a stuffed angry bird. They've made gazillions of dollars because Steve Jobs at one of the Apple, whatever those things are called, the annual Apple announcements, said, oh, by the way, we're going to let you all create apps that you can then sell to our users through our platform, iOS. And those guys are like, oh, dang, let's create a fun little game. They made gazillions of dollars. Did they invent the iPhone? No, they didn't. But they were an early adapter. Uh, iPhone case. Here's my family. This little plastic rubber case that's protecting my iPhone, did they invent the iPhone? Certainly didn't. But they said, man, these things are fragile. They're made out of glass and crappy metal, right? You drop them, they shatter like nonstop. So let's create a plastic case and import it from China. That's another early adapter. This is where you want to live your e-commerce business. You want to watch the trends. And I'm not going to go too deep because I think that Ty knows way more on trends than I do. I mean... Uh, social media marketing agency that he launched. Like, that's a huge trend right now. He's an early adapter. He's one of the first to teach all of us how to run social media marketing agencies. I can guarantee you, and I haven't had this conversation, but I'll bet you 10 grand cash, he'll come out with like a Bitcoin or a cryptocurrency course very soon because it's going viral. 
It's been around since 2011. But how many of you, be honest, haven't heard about cryptocurrency until within the last 12 months? Raise your hands real high. Raise your hands real high. Okay, that's the majority of us here, yet it's been around for five, six, seven years. But within the last 12 months, you all heard of it. Why? Because now it's starting to go viral. So right now, somebody to come out with a cryptocurrency course on how to make money in that niche would be an early adapter. The dude that's trying to teach us how to make money in 2025 missed the boat. You guys got me on that? Say, oh, yeah? So it's not hard to find trends, especially with social media. And what's great about e-commerce is you can capitalize on a trend in a moment. My man, uh, where did he go? Bill, dude, he could create shirts that says, like, I'm a crypto billionaire, and I'll bet you that crap would sell. Somebody do that for me, please, and then message me on social media and tell me it worked, right? Because it's a, it's a trend. And in e-commerce, how long does it take to capitalize on a trend? Like a couple of beers and a night alone, right? You got it. Your, your new product's on the Amazon store or whatever it is. Okay. So this is the early adapters. That's where you want to be next. Let me make sure I'm writing this all down. This is called the late majority. And since it's called the late majority, this is where most people create their careers. These are the people that came to the party what? Say louder. They came to the party what? Yeah, they got to the party late, man. There was all this opportunity that the early adapters crushed it on. And by the way, God bless these early adapters. They didn't invent anything. The early adapters did, or the opportunity creators. These guys over here, not early adapters, excuse me, the opportunity creators invented the iPhones. These guys created cases, and then all of a sudden, oh, here's the, uh, nah, I don't want to go there. Uh, I was going to use an example of my own world of skateboarding, but that might be too niche. You guys wouldn't relate. But like skateboarding, right? Man, when I was skateboarding, oh, dude, that was huge. But there were no skate parks. No one was capitalizing on it except for this guy who lives in Encinitas, California, named Tony Hawk, who made gazillions of dollars capitalizing off 14-year-olds like me back in the day, right? And so there's the opportunity creators, then there's the early adapters, then there's a the late majority. This isn't a place you want to be, and then this last one's called the laggers. It's called the what? Don't be here. Those people are the, the shoulda, coulda, wouldas. They're the ones that point fingers and not thumbs. Oh, it's Trump's fault my business didn't work, right? Oh, it's my bank. They foreclosed on my house. If I sold my house, I'd be making money. Don't be a lagger. These are excuse makers. Late majority is where the majority of people make. Hey, and you can have a nice five or even, if you're lucky, six-figure business here, okay? And if that's the type of life you're going for, cool, then wait. If you're risk-adverse, then wait and see where all the money's made and then jump on it late. And even the caboose makes it to the station, right? Like on a train, even the caboose gets there last, but it makes it to the station. So if you're cool making 50, 60, 150,000 a year, which I'm not knocking, uh, the medium household income in America is 51,017 bucks. And if you have a $60,000 a year job as a, an accountant at um, the Hilton Beverly Hills and you're sick of it, you want to make $60,000 online, then just watch what everyone else is doing and get your small little sliver of the marketplace, right, of the market share. However, if you want to own a space, if you want to be the guy or the gal in that industry, you got to be an early adapter. So we got to watch what the opportunity creators are creating. And when Steve Jobs, again, rest his soul, stands on stage and says, hey, third-party people, you can develop apps, and we will let you sell it to our people. We're going to want a piece of that, but that's found money for you. You don't say, all right, let me wait three to five years and see how this works out. You get to developing an app right away. Okay? Now, we're not here to talk about apps. We're talking about e-commerce.
Let me close this thought so that I don't piss off Terry and I finish somewhat on time uh, by talking about how I've personally, you need me to rap? Okay. Oh, this is keep going. Oh, this is rap. Oh, this is rap. Okay. Give me one of these when you want me to go. So uh, let me tell you a story of one of my e-commerce businesses now moved big box. Okay. I'm in a backyard much like this. My buddy and I were drinking a couple of Chimay's, right? And by the way, not going to lie, just drinking a little bit before I came here, right? It's a Saturday. I'm with my boys in Beverly Hills. Don't point at me, Jared. You're guilty, too. We went one for one. And so, uh, and so we're having a couple of drinks in the backyard. And by I don't promote alcoholism, you guys get it, okay? So let's, let's throw that disclaimer out there. And we're having some Chimay beers. And I don't know if you remember this. About six, seven years ago, the iPhone uh, updated to, like, iPhone 4.0 or whatever. And emojis became standard on our um, keyboards. Do you guys remember that? Does anyone remember that? Yeah? Okay, so previous to that, you had to go buy a third-party app and then somehow integrate it like as an extra keyboard. And then if you wanted to use an emoji, you had to go to an app. It was a pain in the butt. Then iPhone's like, hey, people like these fist bumps and these thumbs-ups and these little crying smiley faces. Let's just make it standard. And all of us on iPhone automatically got it. Okay, my buddy and I were updating our phones in his backyard, drinking beers. He lived in a gorgeous place, not quite this luxurious, but a nice backyard. Uh, and that, that update went, I was like, oh, my gosh, dude, emojis are standard to every single iPhone user in the world now. How are we going to capitalize on that? So he and I, are going to go over a couple of beers, uh, decided, you know what, let's make stickers and sell emoji stickers. Let's hire some attorneys and reach out to whoever designed the emojis and owns that font, or actually I shouldn't have said that yet, that owns those icons or whatever you'd call them. Well, in our search, because we wanted to do a licensing deal, hey, you guys keep working on iPhones and get it out on Android and Windows, if that's even still around, and all that stuff. We'll do the stickers for you, and we'll split it. We'll do a licensing agreement. Guess what we found out? The emojis are a font, and you can't own a font. Let's just say that these letters are Times New Roman. No one could come sue me for wearing Times New Roman because no one's allowed to own a font. So whoever spent the time, the graphic designer or the company, to design all the emoji, emojis screwed themselves because they don't even own their own designs, just so you all know, okay? Yeah, yeah. So what we were willing to do is pay them a split, a licensing deal. What we found out is that no one owns it, so we don't have to pay anybody. So guess what our little entrepreneurial minds did? Wing, I mean, we were off to the races. So through China, and I still have this business to this day, uh, we started creating emoji stickers about the size of a silver dollar, and we sold them through our e-commerce website, 50 cents a sticker. And you know what? It did not do well, and that's going to be the next lesson in a second. Uh, actually, let me press pause on the story and teach you that as well. The beautiful thing about e-commerce is you can pivot quickly. Write that down. If you want to be a successful entrepreneur, you want the ability to pivot quickly. And what a lot of entrepreneurs do who are right about to hit a big idea is they hit their first obstacle and they throw in the, our business sucked when we were selling them the size of a 50 cents silver dollar, no, like a silver dollar. They were, I can't, like the size of this water bottle right here. They're about this big, each icon, maybe like the top 15 that we thought were the most popular. We're selling them online, retail, or not retail, but, you know, e-commerce, retail, for 50 cents a sticker. It wasn't working. A lot of entrepreneurs would have said, I'm out. What we decided to do was pivot and change. And the beautiful thing about e-commerce is you can do that in a moment. So back to the story. So we've got these, and we're sending them out to influencers. We sent them out, and uh, I wish I would have uh, put this on the screen for you guys because I went on our website and grabbed screen images. So I'm going to have my man right here share it with you. 
Here's a girl holding an emoji in her hands. Read right there in the tag. Who's this? That's the wife. Um, you got glasses. You read that? Um, where? Oh, right here. Who, who is that right there? Right there. Oh, Miss Teen USA. So we sent it to Miss Teen USA. Guess what she did? Took us took a selfie holding her emoji saying, oh, thank you, at emoji stickers. So we started bombarding influencers with our stickers in the hopes that they would talk about it to get our brand some attention. Write that crap down, right? You're welcome, okay? I'm going to go over here. You had your chance, Warren, right here. Uh, read the name of this handle right there. Um, At the top. Kaylee Jenner. That's Kylie Jenner. Kylie Close. Jenner. Okay. And what's in her hand? Look right there. It's an emoji. No. Oh, it's an emoji. And this is her own post. And who is she tagging? It says em emoji stickers. Mo yeah. Emoji stickers. Okay. So we sent them to Kylie Jenner. Guess what homegirl did? Took a picture holding us, tagged us. It was that moment our business blew up. When you get Kylie Jenner, and this was maybe five years ago, to take a picture of herself in a mirror, and this is still on her account. If you go back five years, good luck finding it. This is on our account too. She, so, so we start sending these things out. Now our brand got attention because influencers, Miss Teen USA, Kylie Jenner, showing pictures of our emojis that we sent to them for free, boxes of stickers, okay? Follow this because now your mind should fill in the blank. Why did we send it to Miss Teen USA? And why did we send our stickers to Kylie Jenner? Because we knew our audience were 13-year-old girls, who would want an emoji sticker? A 13-year-old girl was our avatar. That was our demographic. Who, what 13-year-old girl, who do they idolize? We sent them the Bieber, homeboy gave me no love. Right, I stopped listening. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Bieber, nothing. Uh, Kylie Jenner, T Taylor Swift. We sent them to all, all of those. It's like, who would a 13-year-old idolize? We're going to send them our stickers. And of all the people, the Taylor Swifts and the Biebers and all of them, we got Kylie Jenner and Miss Teen USA to post a picture of us, which is what gave our brand recognition. You should be able to recreate that. Let me finish the story and I'll come to you. Okay, so, wait, I'll come to you too. Okay, so there we go. They post it. Now we're getting attention, but still it's not profitable. Our sales went through the roof, still not profitable. So here's the pivot lesson, and then I'll turn it back over to Terry. And, and again, I'm telling you my story. It's not about me. Again, you're smart. Re what is this? Reverse engineer this to work for yourselves. We then realized that people didn't want one sticker that was this big for 50 cents. They wanted all of them. So we started creating our sticker books, which every single emoji that exists in your keyboard, we started selling their five millimeters. You know, that's how you measure them on the die cut. So, I mean, about the size of your pinky nail, all of them. And we started selling them for $12.99 on our website. Then guess what we did? We went to the big box retailers and started wholesaling it to them. And every single one of you in here can go to any Urban Outfitters in the entire United States or Canada, and you're going to see my emoji stickers on the shelf selling right now for $12.99. We wholesale to them for $5.99, okay? We're in uh, Spencer's, uh, Nordstrom's. We're moving into Target now. And so now, although it started as e-commerce, it's moved into big box retail where we're wholesaling these stickers but literally, I challenge all of you, no matter where you live, go home, unless you're outside of the U.S. or Canada, go to your local Urban Outfitters and ask them, hey, where are your emoji stickers? You're going to find them on the shelf and be like, I know that guy, right? This started because we were sitting in the backyard drinking beer. And we said, hey, this could be a, 
trend. We didn't invent the emojis. And sucks for whoever did. They don't own it. So we're going to be an early adapter. And we're going to take these things that someone else has done the work to make and make popular and trendy. We're going to turn them into stickers and sell. And by the way, I don't mean to tell this story in a way that we were being unethical. We spent money on attorneys to find the owners to create a licensing agreement to sell these legally. And that's when we found out we didn't have to pay anybody because you can't own a font. Right? I mean, think of any of you that sell like... Um, uh, t-shirts or anything with fonts on it, somebody invented that font. Someone invented Arial, Times New Roman, or whatever the most popular fonts are. They don't get money when we print paper using Times New Roman or Arial, do we? Right? They don't get any money for having invented those fonts. So that's kind of a, a special thing we found. Even if I had to give up 50% of the profit, it is what it is. But we were early adapters. We, we saw the emojis become standard issue, if you will, to every iPhone user knew that they were then going to do it on Android next and said, hey, someone, like 13-year-old girls, would want stickers. Let's make stickers. Let's send it to all the influencers that 13-year-old girls follow. We then pivoted, very quickly turned it from a silver dollar size into a 5-millimeter, like the size of your uh, pinky fingernail size. And then all the big boxes, uh, again, Nordstrom's and Urban Outfitters and all of them came to us, where now we're doing fulfillment orders. I'll just share this one number with you uh, alone. Urban Outfitters is about 80 grand a month of stickers that they buy from us wholesale that then they then go into retail. And, of course, we have costs of producing that fulfillment, but they're wiring us 80 Gs a month right now for something that we thought of. We were early adapters. We started in e-commerce. It moved in a big box, but we still sell as e-commerce as well. Cool? Say cool? Okay, so what uh, did you get from this? Hopefully, the format of how to create a good VSL. That's one thing I wanted to talk about with my sales experience. This is the formula. One to three minutes, tops. No, you could say, Cole, you don't understand. I'm entertaining. I'm funny. I make my VSLs 10 minutes. Cool. Split test it just for a goof and make one that's three minutes. Guarantee you're going to sell more, even if you think you're the funniest guy that has the best retention ever. So hopefully you got that. And then this right here, in e-commerce, you can literally be drinking beer in a backyard, see things come out on your phone and be like, oh, I can make money on this. That's the spirit of an entrepreneur and start it tomorrow. Got it? So you got it? it. All right, I'll do a couple of quick questions, and then i got to hand the mic off to my man, Terry. We good? Yes, sir. You're monopolizing this thing, bro. I'm going to charge you. For this or this? Okay, back to this. Where do I put the hope for gaining this? Through the whole thing. It's called selling at 90 degrees. It's also called invisible selling. There will never be what's called a – oh, the question was, sorry, for the microphones and the cameras. Uh, the question is, where in this formula do you put the hope for gain slash fear for loss in the entire thing? If you've ever seen me speak live when I'm actually selling something, there's never a time when I pitch. By the time I get to offering the product and inviting you to join, you already want it. So through this whole entire thing, I'm going to be selling at what's called 90 degrees or what's called invisible selling, where because of the problem and the fact that I have the solution, you already want it. I don't need to get a pitch. Does that make sense? So the entire thing is fear of loss, hope for game. That should be the narrative. Yes, my man. Do you feel comfortable after that to take that picture and go promote, promote it on one of the uh, paid advertisements? Totally. So that's the beauty of online. Uh, the question before he got the microphone, Kylie Jenner posted it on her uh, Instagram page. Do I feel comfortable taking that and promoting it? You bet, because the second she press upload or post or whatever it is on Instagram and her picture's on there, 
that's free territory, right? Now, there are people who have brand agreements and their likeness and this and that. Too bad. She's posting a picture of my product on her public channel. I can give her credit, and we, we took the image, including her handle, and said, look, Kylie likes our stickers. Why don't you? And it went, I mean, that was the big one, was, was Kylie Jenner. Um, hang on. I'll come to you next. Someone over here had, yes, yes, my man. In the microphone, please. So what was the messaging you used when you reached out to these influencers? Like, what did you say? The uh, question was, what was the messaging? In this case, nothing. We just sent them boxes of, like, a 1,000 stickers okay. and hope it made it to them. We sent it to, you know, reaching out. We didn't just send it to a random address, but we went through our channels of asking who their PR and this and that. So that was um, shotgun approach. You know, a shotgun uh, versus like a sniper rifle. A sniper rifle is one bullet. you got to be real. A shotgun, it's just point it in the right direction and go. Phew. And that's what we did is found dozens of influencers, sent them thousands of stickers, and prayed to God it worked out. And Miss Teen USA and Kylie Jenner, there's a couple of others that weren't as big, uh, posted it. So I wish I had a better science. If someone else has a better strategy, tell him. I did shotgun approach. Send it to everybody. I mean, Justin Bieber, I don't even know if he even saw him. One of his gatekeepers, as I call him, could have been like, what is this nonsense? Trash. And he never even got it. But for me, my cost of sending a box to someone under 20 bucks made us millions of dollars in the end. Okay, uh, you had a question. How did you get a database of influencers at, um, in one place? Uh, question was, as you heard, how did I get a database of these influencers? I didn't. I said, who's going to buy a sticker, a 13-year-old girl? Who do 13-year-old girls idolize? I found that list, and I bombarded them with free product. I didn't have any ends with any of them. I want everyone to know that. It's not like Kylie Jenner's my girl. I was like, hey, girl, what's up? Yo, do you mind just give me a shout-out on Insta? And could you, like, post a pic and just, like, you know, mention your boy, right? It wasn't like that. I just sent them out, and it worked for, like, three or four of them. So, that's good news. You might say, Cole, that's a vague answer. What that means is it wasn't like I was special and I just reached out to my homies and had them promote me. I was as several of you might be closer to these people than even I am. Okay. Uh, someone else had a question? Like, right? Yeah, Zach. Last question. How'd you find, like, the, your PR places to send them to? Like, what was Question is, how do you find your PR places? There's different websites you can buy memberships to. Uh, question was, like, so how did I know what address to send for Kylie Jenner? Uh, you guys can pay monthly memberships, and off, top, off the top of my head, I actually don't even remember the name of that, so Google them. But there are websites that will sell you that information. Not the, like, you can't get Kylie Jenner's cell phone number, but I can get her PR agent's number and website and email address and all that stuff. So you have to pay for them. Some of them are bogus. Do your due diligence. But what I did was we paid a monthly subscription to have access to the handlers or PR agents or managers of celebrities that we felt match our niche. And then we bombarded them with our product, and a few of them actually posted it. And we put a little note in there. I should be more clear. Hey, here's our product. If you love it, please talk about it online. Like, we at least told them what we wanted them to do with it, and it ended up working out. Cool. Is that cool? Was this helpful a little bit, guys? Yeah? All right, that was 60 minutes, cut down to 30. I've enjoyed being here, you guys. God bless. Back to my man, Terry.